So I want you to know that I get to share with you something, and I could not have had a better person than Tim Levers tell his story, and that will all become clear a little bit later in my message. Um, um, and I'll explain that, but I'm glad you guys got to hear Tim's story. By the way, today's verses are on version. If you have the app, you can go down to the bottom, find events, find Cedars Church, and the verses are already loaded for you. So um, I get to tell you about the picture that is coming up on your screen. Uh, this is my backyard, and that is in my backyard and has been there uh, for quite a while. Jody, when she was the chaplain uh, for um, FCS, uh, wanted a backdrop over a theme that she wanted for a year for, our, for her kids called Your Story Matters. And so they would every week at chapel drag this thing out, and then that was the backdrop, and then they would have their series. They had many, many speakers come and speak, and this was their kind of like their, their year theme. When it was done, I got a call from FCS saying, come get your piece of wood, which I did. And I went and I picked it up, and then you have this thing, because I made it for, I guess it's mine, so I'm like, what do I do? So I put it in my backyard. And that's where it sits. And I will not tell you what it's hiding behind there, but it just sits there with a purpose. Because of how I park my car, you guys all know that everyone picks your spots. I park on the left-hand side, which means I have an eye view to this sign pretty much every day as I pull into my driveway. Or as I pull out, even. And so literally, for a long time now, uh, I get a reminder by this sign that I can see as I get into my car, your story matters. And it's literally been at times really impactful. There are times when you just get, and I, I get in the car, and it is, you, ever had this, you ever had what I call the sigh? You get in the car and you sigh for the day that's about to happen. You ever had that? <sighs> right? And I look up, and there it sits. Your story matters. Let me say this to you as we uh, jump into this message. We have been saying now for 10 weeks that we want you to tell your story. And we want you to tell the God story of God coming into your story. And what's interesting is Tim did exactly uh, what most of us do and what we want you to do. This was my story. This is what happened. And then this is what happened when God invaded my story. He did exactly that, right? And then here's the difference with Tim. I've got to watch Tim live out that story weekly, sometimes daily, yearly. As he, by the way, I, I met him shortly after he came back to that church is when I met him. I got to watch him fall in love with treasure. I got to watch them uh, get married and have a beautiful marriage. I've got to watch him struggle the whole time knowing that God has been at the center of all that he does. So here's the thing about today's message. A part of telling our story is to go back to a moment and say, this is when God came into my story. But your responsibility is to now this. Your responsibility is to live out that story every day. Every day, because your story matters. And so many of you sit here today, don't think, you just don't think your story matters, and I'm telling you, you could not be more wrong. See, the thing is, there's a moment when I came to Christ. I told you my story about 10 weeks ago. But it's what now I do as my boys watch my life, as my wife watches my life, as you watch my life, is this idea that my story continues to be lived out. Now, 
At the very beginning of this series, we told you of two books. I'm going to remind you of them again. One is called Love Does by Bob Goff. Woo, Bob Goff, right? Um, If you ever read Love Does, you're not even a real human being, so read Love Does. And the other book I told you about, which I think all of you should read, is A Million Miles in a Thousand Years by Donald Miller. It's one of the few books that when I finished it, I sat in my car and cried. Um, It is a book that will challenge you to live a better story. And it will challenge you to see what that looks like for you. And so these are just two resources. They're here for you. Uh, Love does Bob Goff in a million miles in a thousand years. But I want you to know, both of those are dealing with this idea, not the salvation issue, not the pre-life before Christ, but are dealing with, now I'm a follower of Christ. What is the story I'm going to live? And what is the story that people are going to see? And what is going to happen in my life as I do this? Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Folks, if Christ is living in you, it should change your story. It should. Christ in you should change the very trajectory of your life. It should change relationships. It should change maybe even your occupation. Christ in you, living in you, should change your story. Your, cho- your story should look different because of that experience. And the life I now live in the flesh, this is my flesh life. This is what I get to live now. I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. My hope now is not to live on what I can see and touch It is to live in faith that he has me, and wherever he takes me, he is good, and he will take me through hard times and struggle. Notice, I'm not telling you, come to God, it's all roses. I am not saying that. I am saying, the life I live now, I should live by faith, and he is going to take me to places I never thought possible, and do things which will make my life richer and more beautiful. I have been crucified with Christ. As long as I live, but Christ who lives in me, in the life I now live in the flesh, I live in faith in the Son of God who loved me. Know that he loves you. And know whatever you're experiencing, he loves you. He's not doing it to be mean. He's not trying to torture you. He loves you because he gave himself for you, for you to experience a life with him at the very center. Live a better story. Your story matters. I'm not going to make each one of you one of those big things to put in your yard, but I wish you had one. That every time you pulled in, that you would just be reminded that your story matters. I can't tell you how many times I've read that sign knowing that when I go into the house, my story matters to those inside that house. See, your story matters, and what you do with it becomes important. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That's a new story. That is a renovation of the heart. That is, this was me, and maybe the outside shell looks the same, but inside, hopefully, I was gutted, stripped back down to the studs, and rebuilt a new life inside of me with different purpose and different significance. Because again, he has said he has made me new. How do I live a better story? 
Because what we want you to understand is, is that for you to be in the lives of your inner circle, for you to be in the lives of those around you, they need to watch you live a better story than you did before you met Christ. Otherwise, who cares? If there's not been this transition of you having something different because you've experienced the Almighty God, then who cares? There should be something different. How do you live a better story? Because your story matters. John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal and destroy. I have come that he may have life and have it abundantly. See, that first part, we get stuck on that. Yes, the thief does come to kill and destroy. But look at this. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Not mediocre, not so-so, abundantly, which means you have access to that life. He's given you access to life. The question is, do we, do we take our steps to make it? Um, I'm going to pick on Ethan. Uh, he just walked out of the room. Good job, Ethan. This is perfect timing. Oh, he walked back in. My son Ethan is 21 years old. And uh, I remember when he uh, was listening to Brett and I. By the way, Brett and I can get together and tell stories. If you've never been around, Brett and I are storytellers. So we get together and we tell stories. We tell stories about what happened to us on a trip. Or we tell what stories we have when we were a friend. And we were having a story off. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, if you, that story's good, this is a story, right? We're back and forth, back and forth. And some of us, our stories are dangerous. Some of our stories are just funny. Some of our stories are putting us in awkward. And I remember Ethan making this comment to me one time. He goes, I want to have stories like you guys. That's what he said. And Brett was the one that responded. He goes, then you got to get out there and live. Right? You got to get out there and do stuff to have stories. You got to put yourself in awkward situations. You got to put yourself in a place where you step up into the, to have stories. There really is not a great story of the person who sits in, sits in, in the stands and goes, man, I cheered like a crazy person. Sorry, that's not as good as a story as a person that's on the field playing the sport. Does that make sense? You got to have stories. So Ethan, last weekend with a bunch of friends, hiked Mount Whitney. It's a pretty good thing. That's cool. Here's the best part about it. I knew exactly what was going to happen. Ethan was going to come home, and I said, hey, Ethan, how was your hike? And he said this, it was great, and walked to his room. He just hiked Mount Whitney with friends, four days, two days to get acclimated. I heard they got uh, um, altitude sickness. That was the only thing I got out. But otherwise, it was great, and he walked to his room. Now, that kills his mom, because his mom wants details. Ladies, you guys understand what I'm talking about? You want details out of your kids? Because all they give you is, it was great. And you're like, no! Tell me more. But this is what I know. This is what I know that even Ethan doesn't know. See, Ethan's going to be in maybe a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a couple of years. He's going to be sitting down and one of his friends like, hey, Ethan, remember we were on Mount Whitney and you did blah, blah, blah. And he'll go, oh yeah, that was so great. And he'll tell a story. Why? Because when you ask him when he comes home, what happened to him, it was great. But when he gets with his friends, or if he gets into a situation, someone's going to say, oh, do you remember what? And he's going to tell a story. See, that's how life happens, is that I tell stories. I didn't come home and tell my mom all these stories. My mom was always shocked to find out later what happened on trips, because someone's like, hey, Jeff, do you remember my mom would be in the room? She's like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, it was no big deal, right? Then you have to play it down, but you were really cool up until that moment your mom found out. And then you're... Anyway, it doesn't matter. But in that, that's you. 
I want you to live a life in such a way that someone goes, hey, do you remember when you did this? And you go, yeah. That's why I love Mexico. I love getting with people in Mexico and they go back and they tell stories of what happened there because only they have those stories. See, for you, I just want you to understand, God wants you to tell stories with your life. But to do so, you gotta hike the mountains. You gotta go on the missions trips. You gotta get into the lives of people that are hurting you got to sweater the storm. And then all of a sudden, God will tell you, Ethan, tell your story. This person needs it. And you'll be blown away by something that you just tell will touch someone's life. But you got to live that life to tell the story. Live a better story. There's a joke that has happened to me many times, which is this. Don't get close to Jeff or you'll end up in a sermon. (laughs) Steve just shook his head because that is true. Sorry, but if I'm doing life with you, it becomes a... My boys are like, we're always in your sermons. Sorry. Because that's what happens when we interact with people's lives. We become a part of their stories. I just get to tell other people about it from a stage. But you should be telling your stories to those around you. 2 Timothy 1.7, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and self-control. Watch this. But God gave us a, not a, a spirit not of fear, but of power. Many of you don't believe that. And chances are because you've never been in a situation where God's power had to show up. And of love. That all of a sudden something that was so hard, you were able to act in love in a way that you, by the way, knew that wasn't your heart because it's not who you typically are. And of self-control. I love this passage because some of you are dabbling in stuff that you shouldn't be dabbling in. And you don't know how to get away from it. And I'm telling you, the more that you will pour into God, he will give you a spirit that will give you self-control. But if you're not pushing to him to be your source, but to your flesh, you'll keep doing these things. I'm just telling you right now, he gave us a spirit, not of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-control to give us a better story. And we need to live that better story. And I can tell you guys, there's times I haven't. There's times I've just sat and done nothing. There's times I've let the good story go by. I told you that when I read A Million Miles in a Thousand Years that I finished the book and I cried. I did. I then went um, to a bookstore and I bought a copy for Jody, And then I wrote in that and gave it to her. Jody read this book, by the way, became so in love with this book, she went up to Donna Miller's course on story, and then Jody, for the last few years, actually does, uh, she got, she got um, licensed to do all this stuff. She now does a whole seminar on story, and she's spoken many times about Mount Hermon on the story concept. But I remember, this is when the first phase of, uh, uh, of American Idol came on. You guys remember all that? And they got a chance that they said, hey, um, they're saying you can come down for um, the rehearsals if you want to go. And, and we're up here in the Bay Area. That's down in L.A. And I remember sitting there. And I was like, oh, what a drive. But it'd be so cool to go experience it. It'd be so awesome to go see all these people. Because they were Danny Gokey. I guess they really loved the Danny Gokey season kind of a deal. And all of a sudden, Jody turns to me. She goes, but it'd be a great story. 
And next thing I know, they got tickets, got in a car, drove all the way down, went to the thing, loved it, got in the car, drove all the way back, and it was a great story. See, the thing is, is that all of a sudden, when you realize that you want to live a greater story, opportunities to do that start popping up. And the question is, will you step into those moments? And then you see with my wife, and I watched her, my wife is looking like, God, how do I live a better story with what you have in me? That's why she put on the women's conference that our women went to this last year. She wants to live a better story for our ladies. John 8, 36. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. But a lot of us don't feel freedom right now. And because we don't feel freedom, we don't feel like we have the ability to live a better story. Can I tell you the sun wants to set you free? Doesn't mean it'll be easy, but he wants to set you free. He wants to give you hope. And he wants you to live a better story because I'm telling you there are incredible stories of people being set free from bondage, free from pornography, free from a relationship that was tearing them apart, free from financial debt, free, free, free. And it's a better story. And he wants to set you free. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the ever lasting God. The creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. See, this is not just your strength. This is stepping, step, stepping into someone who wants to give you a better story by giving you strength, by holding you up. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall fall exhausted. But the Lord, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength, shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall not run and be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. No, you cannot do your story on your strength. Sorry. Can't. But you can't with him. Because even the youths get exhausted. And I'm not one of them anymore. But he can drive you into ministry and into places, not in your strength, but in his. So, I, I want to challenge you to understand something. The purpose of living a better story is understanding your goal. And there's no better way to talk about our goal than Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since you're surrounded by such a cloud, great cloud of witnesses, by the way, that's all the people that were just talked about in chapter 11. That is all the saints, all the people that were martyred. That is your Abraham, your Moses. That is your Daniel. That is all of these people. They're watching you. They've lived their life. They've done their part. They are now in the stands and are watching you. Never miss that. And I don't think they're watching you silently, critically. I believe they're cheering you on. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. He's the goal. Looking to him. He's the goal. 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Run your race. Live your story. There is a crowd of people who have gone before you who are cheering you on. There are grandparents and aunts and uncles, some of you husbands and wives, some of you sadly kids who are in heaven cheering you to live a better story. They don't want you to take this sitting on the couch attitude. They want to see you in the mix. They want you to know that your story matters. It matters to those around you. It matters to those that are watching it and that you don't even see it. Live a better story. I want to challenge you that we have a God that goes, I will strengthen you, I will be there, I will get you through the hard times. But can we get up and begin to step into a better story because your story matters? I want to read a quote from Donna Miller's book, A Million Miles in a Thousand Years. It's a really a good book, and it really starts off in an incredible way with someone telling him, listen, a, a New York Times bestselling author had someone come into his life and go, you're living a horrible story. That's how the book starts. And it's about him realizing that he was. Yes, he had money, and yes, he had nec- uh, uh, um, recognition, but he was living a horrible story. And it's about him figuring out what it means to live a story. This is the quote. Here's the truth about telling stories with your life. It's going to sound like a great idea. Right now, I'm trying to inspire you. Sounds like a great idea. Watch this. And you're going to get excited about it. And then when it comes time to do the work, you're not going to want to do it. It's like that with writing books. And it's like that with life. People love to have lived, people love to have lived a great story, but few people like the work it takes to make it happen. But joy costs pain. Folks, you can live a story that transforms your life. I'm going to tell you one story out of this book. It's about a dad who's a workaholic, hardly ever home. When he was home, he sat on the couch. His daughter, at the age of 16, who never really was around him, started looking for love and other boys that would say that she was significant. And so she became rebellious and they began to fight. And then it hit him. I never never gave her a better story to live. So she found her own story. I never made a story for her where she was loved and cherished and was made significant. So she found people that would give her love and significance. And this was his point. If you don't write a story for you and your family, the world will. The world will. Because we all have this thing we're looking for. Live a better story. Romans 8.31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? What are we fearful of? What are we afraid of? We have a God that wants to encourage us so much to live a better story. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the, uh, this is uh, John 8, 12. 
Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And I love when I meet people that have what I call this saying, the light of life. And I, I've, I've traveled and I've met people and all of a sudden in my heart I go, they follow Jesus. They haven't said they follow Jesus. They don't have a t-shirt that says they follow Jesus. There's nothing out there, but all of a sudden I can just know there is a light and a life in them and I can see it. And then it starts to come out. And before you know it, that light is shining in dark places. And I hope you've met those people too. That they're not there trying to thump you over the head with the Bible and they're not there with a big t-shirt that says, I'm a Christian. They're there saying, there's something different about me and I want to bring this light. It is not my light, it's his light into your life. It's It's powerful when it happens. Our last passage. 1 John 4, 9. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. The love of God was made manifest among us, which means Christ came into our presence. That God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Live through See, I want to challenge us to understand that we have a God that goes, I want to have you be my child. We sang about it. I am a child of God. And he goes, you in my life, God brings out in me a different story. So, again, I'm very thankful for Tim. When I met Tim... Uh, Tim had been at an adventure. He'd been going to that church and, and been serving. Uh, Tim had many things that were on his heart. He was actually, uh, at, at one time, bringing guys from Salvation Army who, were, who would be almost the same as the Second Chance Shelter, who were just needing someone, and he'd load them up in his car and bring them down. And I watched this guy who was just living the story and trusting God. And he left the job that at one time gave him all this money just to become on staff at a church because he trusted God that way. When Adventure closed down, I remember that I came to talk with Tim and Treasure about them coming um, at the time to Inroads, the church that I pastored. Because here's the thing. When you find someone like Tim who has the light of light in him, you want him around. Does that make sense? You want him around. Tim Levers humbles me. Because here's a guy who's authentically, by the way, not perfectly. I'm not going to give him that much. But is authentically trying to do what God's calling him to do. And he wants to live a better story. He's one of our home church pastors. Because he wants to do a better story. Not because he feels like he's gifted and ready. He'll tell you right from there. Nope, don't feel it. But God is using him. See, the thing is, is that his story matters. And so does yours. And everything I've said today, everything I've said today says this. We have a God that says, when you're tired, I'll give you strength. 
if you'll just step out of the boat, if you'll step into that situation, if you'll say yes, if you'll go on that mission trip, if you will say yes to a home church, or you'll say yes to that relationship in which you follow God with all your heart, he will live a better, he will give you a better story to live. See, what I want from you is I want to sit around and tell stories someday. I go, oh, tell the story of when you started that. Oh, tell the story of when you sat with that person in prison. Oh, tell that story when you met that person on the street. Oh, tell that story when you and your kids did that project together. Oh, tell that story. Because at the time, you're going to be living it, and you're not going to see it for what it is, but in hindsight, you're going to go, that's a good story. You know why it's good? It's because the person that it glorifies is Jesus Christ. That's what makes it good. That's what makes it good. And you get to be in that moment where I just, by the grace of God, got to be a part of that story. Folks, may you every day realize that you could live a better story. And we want you to tell the story. We want you to live that story every chance that you get. And if you could... Maybe somewhere in your house, find a way to make that sign happen. Your story matters because he's in your story. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, you want us to live a better story. And we should because this life we're living in the flesh, Father, we are living it through faith in you. And I put my faith in you. You're going to take me to places that I never thought to go on my own. And you're going to have me experience things that I may not think I'm ready for, but you say that I am if I put my faith in you. And you will give me strength in times I never thought I could have strength. And you will give me the ability to have love in places I never thought I could have love. And you will give me places of self-control when I never thought I could have self-control because you want to put power in my life because it's to your glory and it's a part of your better story. Father, may we be a people that reach our inner circle, telling them our stories. May we live that story out before them so that they ask us about our stories. Father, may we understand, may we understand the power of what happens when you invade our lives and you mess it all up. And what you do is you make it more beautiful and more rich. And Father, may we be people who again live a better story. Thank you, Father, for all that you are and all that you do.